I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Cue music. Cue the porno. No, this one's actually not not quite as plenty as the old-fashioned. So why does Ray have an LWA shirt on? Is that a nod Eddie Guerrero? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Or is it a nod to the fact that this is crazy? <laughs> P2C is live. Five. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back. That's right, your ears are not deceiving you if you're on C2CRadioShow.com right now, if you're on Spreaker.com, or if you're just listening in your favorite podcast device yeah that's right corner to corner is back live from the uh glass enclosed nerve center of locust Grove, virginia we are back and live with myself stan grub my tag team partner rob hefner is with me hello rob hello <laughs> hello it is nice to see you today brian no, is sorry. out this week it he will be nice back to with hear us you today i do not see you as well, uh, likewise, likewise. Brian's not with us this week. He will be back next week. Uh, but that's fine, because you know what? This week is not about contrarian perspectives. This week, we got a lot to talk about. It's been a while since we talked, so we're going to go over some things. It might be old news to some, but some of you might be a lot like me, maybe harboring just a little bit of angst, resentment, whatever you want to call it, towards... A oh dear God, people! Like he's not like he's not he's downplaying this. Like he has just left the whole Vince hurt me corner of the house. It took a while. He's not exactly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he's not exactly wrong. So, Rob, Can't we'll sleep. start. Vince start, hurt me. We'll start with that because the biggest news that came out of the two night extravaganza we're going to get to, but. The news that followed that Monday is, well, I think we talked about it. We joked about it, in fact, but I don't know if we ever really and truly believed it would ever happen, it would but it sure as hell did. WWE purchased by Endeavor, Ari Emanuel and the folks that own UFC, now own WWE. We no longer have a Vince McMahon-owned World Wrestling Entertainment. really weird to say. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I thought about it as I read the different reports about it, and I was like, you know, at first I got all excited that Vince was going to sell the company, you know, with the prospect of somebody else owning it, with the prospect of somebody else doing something with it. Mm-hmm. Um And then it happened. And the way it happened uh, is just not going to lie. 
I don't have high hopes for what's coming next. I mean, I I sure as hell hope that now that Vince just has a job, you know, that he is ultimately held like. I just feel like it's a shell game. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I feel like Vince made a billion dollars or six billion dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now he still gets to run his company. And it's owned by a guy that's it's owned by a company bigger than him. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, how much oversight is this other company going to have? That's my question. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of details that are still out there. Um, it was it was asked of Vince McMahon uh, Monday morning when the news broke. This is, of course, last Monday. And it was asked, hey, are you going to be back in creative? Vince says, uh, from a top level, yes. From a day-to-day in the weeds, no. And uh, as soon as that was said, Almost as soon as that was said on CNBC, um, Eric Bischoff took to Twitter and said, man, that sounds familiar. That's exactly what he said when he said he wasn't going to be in creative, when myself and Paul Heyman were hired to be the executive uh, producer or whatever, executive vice president of Raw and SmackDown. And so I started combing back through some old press releases and everything, and that sure as hell is what Vince McMahon said back then. So we had room and reason to be a little concerned about what might have uh, what might be going on, what might have happened. And then the other shoe drops. Monday night. Monday night we get to Raw after Mania and it's like nothing in the past 9 months had ever happened. None of the quote-unquote Triple H era had taken place. As a matter of fact, it was really more like Vince never left. We find out Vince is uh, – we find out that Vince is not just back and creative, but got there five minutes before the show, Rob, five whole minutes before showtime, and completely rewrote the script. See, here's my issue with the whole thing, okay? Like, this is an example, and it's going to sound bad, and I don't, I don't understand. It's just, it's a, it's an example of privilege, mm-hmm. right? Because anywhere else in society, anywhere else in society, where you had multiple women. In this day and time, come forward and say, I've been harassed. He did this. He paid me off because we had sex together. Um, he harassed me and I and he paid me off to get me to go away. Mm-hmm. And he himself was like, oh, this is bad. I got to leave. My, I got to leave it. Right. I mean, we should have seen something coming when Stephanie McMahon, her his own daughter, was like, you know what? I'm out. Like, dad's back. I don't like the way this looks. I don't like the way it's going on. Mm-hmm. Peace, bitches, I'm out. And 
I mean, it to me, it shows you how much of an ego this man has. Yeah. Like well, there's a lot, there's said, a lot of oh, ego I'm involved just, with what he does. Right. I'm just coming back to organize a television deal. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back to organize this. Mm-hmm. And in this day and time, in most markets, wouldn't advertisers or, or people like that not want him around? You know, like, if you're truly looking at, if you're truly looking at what's best for the company, what's best for the, the people that work for you, you know, that's what, and then that's what the whole, when the whole thing about the Saudi deal was coming out, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, we're going to, he's going to sell it to the Saudis because the Saudis will just keep it as an investment and then let him run it. Right. And that's what we got with this. The guy who owned the people that own Endeavor bought this and the UFC, and they're just going to let Vince run it. Because immediately after the deal was signed, it was announced that Vince has a two-year deal. Mm. You know? Or I guess it was like two-year ironclad contract or something like that that it was saying. Like, So not only did the man sell his company for $6 billion or more. But he got a two-year contract out of the deal. Mm-hmm. So to go back to my first point, in this day and time where we're telling people, see something, say something, you know? Right. You're basically saying, see something, say something, but guess what? When you run the company and you have the most shares, you can still dictate what the hell happens at the end of the day. And that's why I would say that that's why, you know, Stephanie left. Um, I was sure as hell hoping that when Vin- when Triple H came out on SmackDown, he was going to look at him and be like, I'm out here to tell you all an important announcement. I'm all elite, baby. You know, like, like, um, but it's just I who I feel really sorry for mm-hmm. are the people who signed on their contracts because they were under the illusion and triple H was under the illusion that he was going to run the company. Yeah. I mean, when you think about that, look at all of the people that came back under triple H's watch. Now we made fun of it, right? We <laughs> let's be fair because people like to move goalposts. So we all made fun of the bloated roster WWE had before the mass firings. Right. And then we made fun of AEW as they did basically the same thing. They hired all the people fine, got the money, do what you got to do. In their defense, AEW, they were typically making better use of people on TV in in most cases. However, you get to now, right? And that's where – how do we describe this? All of these talents that got brought back in by by Triple H. So we're talking Braun Strowman. We're talking, you know, uh, Sarah Logan, Bray Wyatt, the Good Brothers, all of these people. Not to mention Johnny Gargano. Uh, Dexter Loomis, all of these people um, were brought Cody back. Rhodes. Under the, yeah, Cody, under the guise of, hey, listen, um, we're doing things differently now. Things aren't the same way. We're not the same people running the show. Well, what did we find out at Sunday night? <sighs> wow. Let's, let's wait on that. We're going to keep that question out there. I want people to think on that. 
because it's it's actually going to make people even angrier when they find this out. We get to Monday, and all of that work that's been done, man, all of that work is is thrown in the crapper because now Vince is back to doing Vince stuff, matches that don't make sense, people being highlighted for brief moments. Seth Rollins comes out to his music, says absolutely nothing to the people, gets told during your commercial break, yep, that's it, hey, just letting you know, that's it, that's all you're supposed to do. Um, I don't buy for a second, by the way, that Seth knew that all along. I know that there's a lot of news reports out there that are saying he knew. I don't believe it, but that's just my opinion. Um, morale at the 2022 Royal Rumble was said to be the lowest WWE had ever seen. After last Monday's Raw, morale was said to be right back at that level. Well, I mean, you look at what happened. Okay, and we're not even talking about the clusterfuck that was the WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, we're not even talking about that. We're talking about what's happening, what's happened since. You know, like, as a wrestling fan, like, I turned on, I'm watching Raw right now. And Mm -hmm. you've got, here we go, we had Rey Mysterio and Dominic fight at Wrestlemania mm-hmm. and then here we go when everything's supposed to reset like you said you know like normally uh, those of everybody who knows WWE WWE resets after Wrestlemania mm-hmm. like Wrestlemania is their season, season finale and then it's kickoff time and yeah. we've got the same crap going on. Well, and the, and the thing of it is, is it's not only the same stuff as was before, it's even worse now because here's a guy that's gotten, and I don't care what anybody says, he's gotten another year older, another year further away from the pulse of what his company relies on, and that's the energy of the youth, the kids that they were apparently catering to. Now it just it feels like it's very disjointed. Now granted, tonight's role... Um, ran into all kinds of issues, not necessarily because of a Vince McMahon problem, but more because of apparently travel has delayed a ton of different talents. So as you're, if you're watching right now, Lita was supposed to be defending tag titles with Becky against Raquel and Liv Morgan, which, Hey, let's be real. Uh, Lita, God bless her. She's a hall of famer, but um, moving in slow motion, it sure seemed like uh, at mania. So, this match might actually be better because Trish, is, Trish Stratus is in it. Um, but that's, that's well, the fact that the angle they did. Yeah. Like the whole her sitting there, ow, I'm hurt, ow, I'm hurt, as she's flailing. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, you're not that hurt. You know, like, and then the, the two people, like, they didn't explain the two people that were there to find her were the two people she's going against tonight. Right. Like, <clears throat> But then, again, in great WWE fashion, they've already l- leaked somehow that Trish Stratus has, what, a year contract? Yeah. It's interesting. And, and, and Trish has all of this going on in her favor. And, and I salute her. I mean, most likely what we're going to see tonight is is a, a turn from Trish. Trish is going to turn on Becky. They're going to lose to Liv and the girl. Martinez or whatever her name is. I can't remember her names half the time. Raquel but, Rodriguez, oh, like yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 
it's alarming. I mean, I, I feel like um, I can't say I blame guys like the like the Good Brothers for being upset that Vince is back because the part of the reason that they were so angry when they were fired in the first place was because Triple H had promised them the world, saying, "Hey, don't you just want to be secure and all of that?" And then Vince goes right behind him and says, "Well, we gotta let you go." Chelsea Green. Well, if I was Chelsea Green, you know, I'd be nervous for her too. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you got these people that have come in. You know, they've gotten rid of contracts they had elsewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> just to be. And you think about the the media partners, you know, Fox and those people like had been you can't you can't think that they had a thing of like, oh, hey, Vince is gone. Great. He's he's not going to be good for us, Mm -hmm. you know. And then that crap that Khan was saying about how if Peacock is if Peacock's interested, we'll go back to you have to pay for the pay-per-views. Right. You know, you can get it with your Peacock subscription with ads, or if you want it, certain ones you'd have to pay for. Um, as a WWE fan my whole life, right? I can officially say I wouldn't pay for shit right now. Like, I would not pay for it. Well, as the old saying goes, sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards. So let's take a look back at WrestleMania for a minute. Now, night one was great. I don't know about you, Rob, but I thought Saturday night's WrestleMania show was amazing. Start to finish, very fast-paced. And we got what most people look for at WrestleMania, and that was a conclusive ending of not necessarily the story, but of a chapter in the Bloodline versus WWE. Right. And it was conclusive in a way that made sense. We had been building and building and building to get Sammy over as a main event guy. KO has, you know, hey, say what you want. Kevin Owens has been a main event guy. But we go through all of these pieces and come to find out, hey, listen, um, this is as good as it's going to (laughs) get. Because we get to Sunday, and it is slower. It is plodding along. And we start to see just different things that just don't make a lot of sense. Like, for example, Brock Lesnar and Omos. Now, granted, Omos did actually get a better match with Brock than I expected. But that's not exactly a big compliment because, let's just face it, we're dealing with Omos. And Brock. Right, right. But you knew something was weird going through Sunday night. Right. Well, at least it wasn't Brock versus Lashley again. Right, right. If those two never meet in a wrestling ring again, or on a sidewalk, or on a playground, or I don't want to even see it craft services together. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. We get to Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. um, And I think it was Shane that actually said in the group chat, that that Charlotte had that look on her face like she was mad that she was going to lose the title. Um, the boo-boo face, as they call it in the biz. It was the first time I think I've ever seen that on Charlotte. Normally, she's pretty pretty stoic when she's coming to the ring. But honestly, she 
this is going to sound bad. I don't mean it in a mean way, but she seemed like she looked a lot older while she was walking to the ring. Well, and you got to like think. Exhausted. And you got to think if, if, if the status quo for Monday was happening at WrestleMania, which very well could have been, mm-hmm. how many times that day did they get told that the, the ending was going to change? Yeah, yeah. You know, like she could have been, hey, you're going to keep the title. And then you'll lose it on Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll fight her again on Monday and lose it on Monday, but you'll save it at WrestleMania because right. she is the queen of the PPV, you know? Mm-hmm. And like and, her or not, Charlotte is very, very good. She's not the best, right. but she's very, very good. Ugh. Matt Riddle, go away. Um, but, you know, so, I mean, maybe one of the reasons that she was so pissed was maybe she was just told right before she was going to go out, oh, by the way, we've changed it. You're going to lose. You know? Um, but then also with what she's been going through, the fact that this was this run, she was being a face. And I think this was one of the longest times she actually held the belt. Mm-hmm. And this run for, for Charlotte actually felt good. Like, this had a bit of an energy to it, kind of a positivity to it. Um, and and I kind of like Charlotte better in the good guy role. But she's probably going to end up like her dad in that sense, where it doesn't matter if she's a good guy or a bad guy. She's just going to get cheered. Well, and my issue with her losing the belt is now that, you know, she's going to pass her dad before the next, before next WrestleMania. <laughs> if they go at the pace they've been with her with her career, I agree. I agree because she's seeing so much change happen within the company. If she stays active, um, she's now on another hiatus right now from the company. Her and her husband Andrade are vacationing somewhere. Well, somebody told me she was she got hurt. Wouldn't surprise me. She does the what spot was this? Was it a moonsault? I think it was a yeah, moonsault. Yeah, somebody said. Hey, Rodriguez, if you're going to do that cupping thing, don't make it so you show your belt and you look like you got, like, weird <laughs> marks. Yeah, that, I wonder if that was something they were doing right before the show started. Um, well, I hear wait, a bunch of people do it. It's called cupping, but, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kenny Omega used to do it before his surgeries. If you remember, he always had those marks on his arms and his back. Uh, before before he lost to Adam Page. <clears throat> but Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, they have what I think a lot of people considered a, a, a decent match. It wasn't the best one, but we see this moonsault attempt by Charlotte where she just goes face first into the mat. I mean, and she's just got uh, just a, a road rash basically from the bridge of her nose all the way down towards her chin. Um and she, you know what? She finishes the match like a like a champ. She she is true to her form, um, and she really does well with that. Rhea Ripley comes away looking strong. This was a good matchup between the two because Ripley actually came out looking better, which is what we needed to see. We needed to have that feeling of okay, this person that's beaten Charlotte has earned it. Plus, Rhea Ripley gets something back from having the previous Mania loss to Charlotte, so I found that to be a pretty positive thing. And I actually started to think to myself, you know, hey, maybe night two isn't going to be so bad. You know, the whole twelve months leading up to 
WrestleMania 39. Cody Rhodes comes back, has a great match with Seth Rollins. The build for him is, I mean, it's off the charts. He gets hurt, tears his pec, still performs at Hell in a Cell, still has what many are going to look at as a match of the year candidate. I don't know if it's going to beat out a lot of the matches that were so good last year, but still, it was a candidate. You have all these different factors you're looking at, and it kind of starts to sink in. Man, maybe maybe night two is going to be okay. We go from there to Hell in a Cell, and outside of that ladder shot that Finn Balor takes to the middle of his dome, which, oh, by the way, holy shit, uh, the final count was 14 staples. Here's a guy that has been in this industry over two decades, um, has literally performed all over the world, in WWE is a huge star, brings the demon out, which we'll talk about my thoughts on how they handled this in a moment, but is a captivating character, does great as a good guy or bad guy, and we get a pretty solid Hell in the Cell match. But mid-match, when this ladder spot happens, it smashes him right on the top of his head. They stop, act, they stop the action. Referees and medical is there. And it honestly seemed like they were going to completely just throw the match out, which would have really sucked. But... I mean, as as one of the toughest people in that ring, Finn Balor's like, no, no, he's waving people off. He's trying to, to, to delay what he feels is the inevitable. And instead, with no anesthetics, they go ahead and um, give him staples to continue the match right there in the middle of the ring, which is insane to me. Uh, we all know that the guys pick on me, my wife picks on me, my whole family picks on me, that at the sight of blood, needles being gashed open, whatever, I'm the guy that's going to be down, passed out on my back. And it's probably not wrong. I, I have that whole condition, right? Well, Finn Balor just says, nah, nope, I'm good. Just staple my head. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll lay right here. You do what you got to do. And still manages to go another, I want to say it was about eight minutes after that, and has a solid finish to the Hell in the Cell match. I mean, it really shouldn't have happened that long. It really even shouldn't have gone on. But sadly, it probably should have been thrown out because the gas size that he had, the, the 14 staples when he sends out, of course, on Twitter, um, that should have ended it uh, by today's standard. Back in the day, 1998-ish, you know, when mankind gets thrown off of the top of Hell in the Cell, they probably would have just said, ah, hell, just shake it off. This is right. 2023. In all honesty, it probably should have been stopped. But they didn't. They let the match go on, and I felt like Hell in the Cell from night two was a solid match. I was actually thinking to myself, man, maybe, maybe night two is going to turn out okay. Edge wins, beats the Demon, which I cannot stand. The demon, the demon is now is a... Go ahead, yeah. Like, I mean, my thing is, the demon has always been his, his, like, I'm getting payback on all you bitches. You know, like, I'm summoning all of what I got to... to... So, because exactly. in NXT, it was always, you know, this is what he does at the end. And then, now he's on the main roster, it's like... Well, I mean, you look at tonight. Here we go. Here's Ray versus, you know, like, come on. Right. 
when did Finn Balor, one of your legit awesome superstars, turn into, you know, like now he's taking orders from Dom? Like, what the hell? Well, it's, it, it's a tough... It's a tough situation. You know, the Judgment Day under Edge was a serious bad guy villain group, right? Like, they were underhanded and devious and evil, right? The Judgment Day under Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Dom is more comedic, still pretty focused, but it has much more of a lighter touch. And I think that that's what gives us the impression that Dom kind of calls the shots sometimes. And I don't necessarily mind it as much, but under under a Vince McMahon regime, you might as well just call it a quits because it's not going to last. There's there's no hope for that. Triple H at least had an understanding of how to mix the two. I don't think Vince Vince has an idea how to do that. Right, and my thing is like it should have ended. Yeah, you know, like their whole faction involvement with Ray should have been done. Mm-hmm. After WrestleMania, but I I honestly expected for Ray and Dom to go the direction of Ray winning at Mania, or excuse me, Dom winning at Mania, and then Ray winning at SummerSlam in a hair versus mask match. I just felt like they were leading to like that classic luchador, you know how that retirement angle usually plays out. Right, he loses, he retires, and because he's retiring, he loses his mask. Right, right. Or or maybe he retires with his mask and Dom gets shaved bald. You know what I mean? Like, it's a perfect ending to a Lucha Libre-style match. Or right. But, I mean, they didn't necessarily go that direction. Ray wins at Mania. Um, and, again, I didn't have a problem with that. I actually thought it was kind of fun. It was fast. Dom actually did perform pretty well. Uh, I can't really give him a whole lot of flack for that. But I feel like what we're looking at is more along the lines of is is he going to have any kind of um, reason to, to recover from this? Because now he's going to uh, – invariably, he's going to take on Ray at Backlash. And I'm not really sure why. Like, Ray has just beat you. He doesn't have a reason to fight you again. Right. But, I mean, it, this is the land of Vince McMahon where everything is all about the rematch. Right. It's like, you know, in the in the case in point, he, you're, you would, you've been tormenting your father for months. He just whipped your ass and beat you. And now you're going to beat him again. Like, stop. You know, it's like the whole Shane McMahon always coming back crap, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jumping Shane McMahon. <laughs> Night two, should we should have known something was terribly, terribly wrong when Shane comes back. Apparently, by the way, that was a Triple H plan. Don't ask me how that, why that would be, because I'll never go to answer it. But apparently that was it's a Triple H. probably just one of those funny, give a nod to your brother-in-law and let him kind of keep his little streak of playing at WrestleMania in the family right. business. It was probably meant for nothing other than, you know, just fun. But my issue with that is you've totally made the Miz into this cartoon character that no one's going to take any kind of push seriously. 
I hope for the Miz's sake. I mean, and, and let's be honest. When the Miz retires, he'll go in the Hall of Fame. He's he's a dual Grand Slam champion. Uh, he's done literally everything the company could ask of him. So I don't think that's ever going to be a question. But I hope that his WrestleMania payday was huge. I hope it was big. Because he does he did get made out to look like an idiot all weekend long. <laughs> well, I mean. It's just, and they've turned it with this whole, you know, Johnny Gargano with the stalker kind of gimmick and all that. It's just, what in the hell's going on? Yeah. Uh, here we are. They're just taking way too long in this. It's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, you're ahead of me, so you'll see it before I do. But I'm not ahead of you. Damn. Okay. Never mind. What do you mean? I'm still in the the women's match, the tag team match. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you'll you'll see what I'm talking. About. I told you. I told you this was what was going to happen. Anyway. So, oh my God. You know, Trish, that's not nice. Damn. So Trish turns on Becky. Yes, please. Um. Damn. That chick kick was vicious. When she kicked Becky in the side of the head, you could just see Becky's soul leave her body. She's like, okay. People in the front row were like, I think I caught some of her hair clips. <laughs> uh, Becky and uh, Trish, I'll take and- that. That'd be a good one. Becky and Trish will be a great match. No one cares about Lita. She's hurt. Get it right. If you're going to interject, be be topical. <laughs> so, anybody Shane, who roots for Shayna Baszler does not have an opinion. In yeah, this exactly, exactly. I agree. So Shane McMahon does a leapfrog over Miz, getting back into uh, getting back on the tracks, lands, and at first, honestly, it didn't look like he hurt himself. He landed, and then he turned, and that was it. His leg just nope. <laughs> Down he goes. So at first, when Miz is kind of dancing around him and kind of doing the whole, like, you know, celebrating thing, at first I thought, well, maybe he's not hurt. Maybe he just is selling and he's going to, you know, Snoop will distract him and roll him up. Well, instead, which really blew me away, it turns out that Shane had torn his quad. But what really blew me away is Snoop, with no prompting by anybody else, takes matters into his own hands and saves the segment. Snoop Dogg is the perennial entertainer, by the way. You're not going to ever tell me that Snoop doesn't know how to act act on the fly, because that's exactly what he did. He did a great job of like, no, no, it's not going down like that. It's not going down like that. And then he, you know, he sucker punches Miz, hits the elbow. By the way, the, the the people's elbow, not exactly the best, but again, give Snoop credit for just saying, all right, I can do this, and basically taking this segment home. Which, I, again, night two isn't going great, but it's not going awful yet. I'm like, that's not the end of the world. We have something here. And still... 12 months of build, Cody's over like Rover, he's the most popular guy in the company, they're putting him on everything, shirts, 
video games, commercials. You can't screw this story up. You can't. You can't mess this storyline up. Well, friends, Romans, countrymen, let me Don't tell even you. Play Roman in that. Like, let me let me tell you exactly how bad they screwed this up. And then what's going to bother you even more is to know who was responsible. Cody Rhodes comes out to what I thought was a tremendous entrance. I loved, by the way, I loved the set of WrestleMania. I loved the entrances at WrestleMania. This was really cool. I was very excited for this year's WrestleMania. <sighs> anyway, Cody comes out. The Cody Vader's back. He rises through the, through the floor. The crowd's going nuts. He kisses his wife and daughter at ringside. His mother's at ringside. And oh, by the way, just to add a little bit more <clears throat> to you, Brody Lee Jr. and Amanda Huber is in the front row with the Rhodes family. That's cool. That was cool. Gave his weight belt she was there. to negative one. <laughs> and we there have a great how match. How many weight belts? Yeah, right. He gave, I think he was like two or three. I don't know for sure. I think he gave away two. I'll have to look. I have not watched it. And usually I'll watch um, WrestleMania a couple of times because there's always something to miss. I haven't watched it again. <clears throat> the match itself is solid. Roman and Cody perform at a very high level. And you really you, – whoever wrote this, as angry as I was, has to be saluted for putting this roller coaster into motion, not just for the 12 months, but also getting to this matchup and then having yet another roller coaster to go through during this match. So we get false finishes. We get he hits the spear or the Superman punch. Cody counters things. It's perfect. And then suddenly it's not. Usos run out. KO and Sammy, who had just won the night before, get them out of there. Solo Sokoa had interfered early. He had been tossed from ringside. Well, he comes back, hits the Samoan spike on Cody in the corner. Roman hits the spear. Cody's done. To say I've never been more angry at a finish of WrestleMania is putting it so ridiculously lightly. Rob said it at the top of the show that I only recently got out of the whole, like, Vince hurt me corner. There's two reasons why. But if you really want a good look at what my feeling was, Saturday they announced WrestleMania is going to be in Philadelphia, WrestleMania 40. Look at my wife. I'm like, man, I don't know, but maybe we should try to go. So I tell the guys, hey, what about a big group trip? Let's go to WrestleMania. We start looking at hotels. We start doing all that cool, excited stuff. Because I'm thinking this year, they got no choice. It's going to be great. So next year will be good, too. Nope. As soon as this ending hit, I'm like, nah, I'll pass on Mania. I'm good. I'm like, I'm not spending a penny on a company that doesn't respect what its fans have just been built up for. Now, some some would say that this reaction is <clears throat> a little over the top, you know, kind of like right up there with that guy that breaks his own television kind of thing. No, I didn't break my own TV. 
I wanted to. <laughs> I was pretty pissed. But it, sometimes it's good for wrestling to take you on that ride. You get into a, sh- a fandom, a show, a comic book, whatever your, your passion is, it's good to go on a ride like that. But at the end of the day, you got to know what you're on the ride for. I feel like it was promotional malpractice. I don't know about how you felt, Rob, but I felt like WWE just basically set us up, let us know right from the beginning Cody's their guy, and then said, nope, just kidding. I mean, I feel like, to me, them not letting Cody win, or not letting Cody win, but them ending yet another pay-per-view with everybody saving Roman's ass Mm -hmm. and Roman coming out smelling like, oh, hey, I am the tribal chief. I am the one and only. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. If it was the fact that he whipped him and he didn't need all these other people, you know, because, like, what are you going to do with Sola Sequoia when Roman starts working a part-time schedule and not showing up? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, to me, them not putting the putting the belt on Cody at WrestleMania after they did this whole great buildup. It's just like them missing the boat with Hogan and Flair mm-hmm. back in the day. Like, they had that chance, and they didn't do it. And here you had, you know, if Roman had beat him convincingly, mm-hmm. you know, and not needed again all of the extra help. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way it finished reminded me of Roman versus Kevin Owens, where we had the 25 minute handcuff incident. Right. Right. You know, like you built this up that this was going to be. And granted it's his, it's, it's their way. They can do whatever they can build it. They can kill it. They can do whatever they want to it. You know, Maybe this is one of these, like, you know, I'm hoping that it's one of these things where it's like the streak. We never wanted to see the streak end. And when we did, we didn't understand it at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, but The only thing about the way WrestleMania ended night two was I was glad that Raw did not end differently. Because I told, I was telling my son, I said, you watch. They had him lose and then turn around, they're going to have him win on Monday. You know? That would have actually pissed me off even more. Right, right. And I was like, I was like thankful. Yeah. Because I could just imagine them, oh, well, you know, we wanted to do this on WrestleMania, but he'll get it on. No, it would have made sense for him to win it at Mania and then lose it on Monday when the bloodline kind of kicks in or whatever. You know, it had been like believable. Oh, look, the bloodline beat him down and mm-hmm. all the people are gone. And it's no one's here for Ro- Cody. Like, oh, look, somebody mysteriously handcuffed him to the ropes. Right, right. You know? And 
the worst part of it to me as a fan, as a fan person hoping and believing that they would give him a shot, is it proves, right now anyway, the way it's written, the way it's going, it proves all the people that said Cody will never get the ring. Mm -hmm. Because they built it up that he would, this is, I mean, even, I think even Brian would go on the ring and say, he thought Cody was going to get the belt. Right, right. You know, and we all have said time and time again, Brian is the biggest anti-WWE guy right now of the three of us. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then it didn't. So now all they did was prove all the naysayers right. Mm-hmm. Like if I was Cody... I would not accept calls from anyone from AEW. Yeah. Because half of them are going to be like, told you so, fool. Not to mention that, they did them dirty too, spotlighting uh, you know, meme signs about Cody on Wednesday. Which, hey, you, you, you're Tony Khan. You have control over what your truck does and doesn't show on your broadcast. And if I'm Cody, I'd have probably taken that a little personal. Business is business. I get it. But... If I'm Cody, and, and I know I'm not, and there's a good possibility that Cody's actually not only doing fine, but this is all according to plan, quote-unquote, um, you know, that kind of behavior to me is just stupid. You don't need to do that. But it is what it is. Right. I'm a fan, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Cody Rhodes mark. I, I, that is okay, you know. And I'm not always going to like what they do. I'm not always going to like what they say or how they say it. But I felt like he was done dirty at Mania. And the thing that well, bothered I me the most... Like Go ahead. Well, no, I feel like... It's like... I'm trying to think of a time where, you know... I guess I would also be kind of like... When Hulk Hogan beat The Undertaker, but then lost the Tuesday in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if Co- when Cody wins the belt, right. like what I feel like they're going to have it is they're going to split the titles during this draft. Mm-hmm. They're going to split the titles. They're going to say, all right, well, with this draft, the title stay on the brand, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's how they're going to get them off of Roman. Mm-hmm. And Roman's going to come out going, you take my belts, I quit. And he's going to walk away. So that way they can say that he can say years from now, no one beat me. Um, but what I was trying to say, sorry, ADD kicking in. Um, <laughs> so when they do have Cody win, if they have Cody win, what pay-per-view they're going to do it on? Right. Backlash. You know, like. The only other fitting place Cody Rhodes could win the belt is if they brought back Starcade and he wins it at Starcade. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Or the Great American Bash. You know? Yeah. Hadn't thought about the Bash. That would have been a cool idea. Here, here's the, the thing, and this is where I really started to get angry at some of the responses I saw because, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty vocal guy, so... In our corner-to-corner chat, I'm talking about how I thought it was a 
it was bullshit and all of that. And uh, our resident WWE fan, Sonny, you know, is not necessarily, he doesn't really come to their defense. In his defense, i got to be honest and be fair here, he doesn't really come to their defense. He doesn't really say much. You know, great match, that kind of thing. He's a Roman fan, so he was pretty well on board with it. And that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. But it was that and the whole, like, um, thing that happened on Monday with Brock Lesnar just beating the tar out of Cody where I was just like, yeah, F this company. And he says something to the effect of, he, I don't even think he actually says any comment. He just says LOL or something. And I called him a drone. Because it just feels like, you know, these people that are like, well, trust the process, it's a story, blah, 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 long-term storytelling. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. For all my fans out there, all, not my fans, but all the listeners out there that are saying it's long-term storytelling, let me, let me bring you back up to speed on a few things. First off, can we go back to the fact you think you had fans? Yeah, right. I, I didn't. It wasn't really how I meant it. It came out a little different, but I apologize. <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> so here's the thing: long-term storytelling is this is this wondrous, amazing thing that all of us wrestling fans seem to talk about, and not one single piece of us much less entirety of us, can actually identify how long that's supposed to go for. Now, a movie lasts, what, two hours, three hours maximum, unless it's a DC movie and sometimes it's four or five. A television show lasts for 26 episodes if it runs for a season, and typically for a season of programming on a television show, 26 episodes, of course, is six months. And that is one story, one main storyline. So if we go by TV standards, six months to a year is pretty much a build for a story. WWE's weekly programming, I think we can stick with that. <clears throat> so we've had 12 months, 12 whole months of build for this story. Cody doesn't win. All right, fine. So be it. Cody doesn't win. But for someone to tell me that this is long-term storytelling, and uh, as Roman said in the press conference, we're only in the third inning. Okay, and I think it was Sean Ross Sapp that said it, and also Jimmy Van from Fightful. But you're winning 41 to nothing. No one cares about it anymore. Like, you get to the ninth inning, what's it going to be, 150? So now suddenly people are going to be like, ah! even bigger or they get to WrestleMania 40. Yeah, not a chance. Vince McMahon is now in control of creative. How do we know? Well, let's watch Monday Night Raw right now. We got Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley. No offense to Bronson Reed or Bobby Lashley, but I have no desire to see this match. This match is sponsored by Preparation H. Right, right. I mean, it just it feels like very whatever. Not my thing. Not my bag. I don't need to see the same kind of match all the same time. And that's what we're going to see is we're going to see big muscle-bound guys, big fat guys, and hot-looking women. Because that's what Vince McMahon likes. Muscle-bound guys, big fat guys, and hot-looking women. None of it's going to make any sense, by the way. Professional wrestlers, technicians, so to speak, the ones we like watching so much, their spotlight will diminish greatly. I mean, that's just how he does things. So Johnny Gargano, oh, by the way, who hasn't been on WWE TV since Mania, or Stand and Deliver, to be honest, he ain't going to get any, any love, quote-unquote. 
So Roman says, this isn't fast food. This is, we're making filet mignon. And to that I said, no, sir, this meat has turned. Your story went on for 12 months. You've been on top for three years. Exactly how long are people supposed to wait? I'm all for long-term storytelling. We actually used to make fun of fans and their short attention span. But, come on. Trust the process, really. It's going to be even bigger. Cody hasn't struggled you know, the entirety of this storyline was based off of not just Cody's hard times, quote-unquote, but Dusty's as well, and how this was a journey for both of them. And now it's for Cody, because now Cody's going to struggle. And the slow burn. Yeah, right. Filet mignon. Okay, right. you've been cooking this steak for three years. Nobody wants to eat the goddamn thing. Because yep. guess what? You're now the restaurant with the same damn specials every night that people don't care about. Exactly. You know, this is like when you go to that restaurant and you're like, all right, well, they're going to bring this out. Okay. And now, oh, here we go. Oh, oh, here we go. You know, it reminds me of. It reminds me of the only, the one and only time I ever went to an adult strip club, right? And what I didn't know is at the end of the bar all night, the headliner had been sitting there talking to her attorney about child custody agreements. So when it came time for her to perform, she literally legit got up from the edge of the bar, got on the stage, and did her dance like she had done a hundred times, you know, there was no reaction from anybody. She was just like, Oh, leg goes up. Okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And, and nobody cared. Right. And that's what the WWE is getting into. It's turning into, Oh, here we go. We're going to have Dom. So we're getting towards the middle of the first hour or the second hour. So we've got a stupid match that nobody cares about. And then we're going to have, they're going to tease, Cody all night and Cody will come out in the third hour when we've all gone to sleep mm-hmm. um, and everybody's expecting Cody to say that he's going back to AEW that he couldn't do it and so I told myself I came out here I couldn't if I couldn't do it I was going to go away I'm going to go away no, Cody's going to come out and he's going to challenge Roman again to match a backlash or something. Or, but we now, we, we also have to finish this whole why in the hell did Brock Lesnar just beat him down last week? Right, right. You know, like what what's the point of that? Why did we do that? <laughs> you know, like, like do, what? do you feel like, Cody and Brock is is something everybody wants to see. I don't think anyone in Brock is something anybody wants to see. The only thing people want to see with Brock is Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. You know, and Brock is Brock. Like Brock, I am more of a Brock fan now than I used to be. I'll honestly say that. I was not a Brock fan at all. I'm still not a Brock fan, but. 
Has his has his character improved? Yes. Has his in ring ability improved? Yes. Do I need to see him every goddamn pay per view? No. I mean, I feel like, and and I didn't think this last week, but I I do. As Rob said, I've kind of come out of the corner here. So, yes, I think that people will want to see this. I'm sure it will draw attention. But imagine how much more attention and how much more interesting it would have been with the title involved. I liken this whole situation back to the question that I've, I've heard a few times, and it really resonated with me. What if when Hulk Hogan faced the Iron Sheik, they had said, you know what, it's not Hogan's time yet. I'm just not feeling it. What if at WrestleMania 21, John Cena, they decide, you know what, you're not quite ready, kid. And they have JBL win instead. You could ask this question about a lot of different guys. Or, let's take it back further. Let's say Hulk Hogan doesn't beat Sergeant Slaughter at WrestleMania when Sergeant Slaughter's on the bad side. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do then? Mm-hmm. So, Cody, having already proven himself as a main event talent, you've already made him the face of your company by all advertising standpoints. So, what exactly is he supposed to be getting ready for? Because what's going to happen is... That comment. Go ahead. That comment comes, and and I know Brian's not here, but um, I'm going to say a phrase that Brian says. That damn comment comes from your bobbleheads. Because mm-hmm. you're taking a guy, he's not ready, or he's not whatever. You're talking about a guy who, when, his char- when he wasn't happy with the way his character was going, he did something not everybody does. He looked at Vince and said, I want out. Mm -hmm. I want out. And Vince probably looked at him and said, you realize how good you have it here. Mm -hmm. You'll never be anyone anywhere else. Right. And what did he do? Like, yes. If you look at today, there there are tons of people. There are people every day that ask for their release from the WWE. But you think about it until Cody had done it. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month. Over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And the way he did it, how many others had done that? You know, and Cody said, I'm out. And he didn't just jump to impact, you know, which was the other big company at the time. Mm -hmm. He did the Indies. He went to Japan, you know, like Cody legit redefined who he was and showed the world who, what he could do. So for these people to use the, the phrase, well, he's just not ready. Need to get their tinfoil hat off and get their shit out of the microwave because wrestling is wrestling around the world. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted WrestleMania to be talked to, talked about on all the major channels on Monday morning, Cody had to beat Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And in turn, it wasn't talked about on all the channels. You had certain ones that got there. You know, you had your 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 Rhea Ripley's and and those people. You had your uh, like you had um, uh, Sammy and Kevin. Mm-hmm. But honestly, they would have gotten better press, better reaction if they would have put it on him because then Cody could stand on Monday and be like. I told you, mm-hmm. look what I did. Even if Roman came out and whooped his ass and beat him down. And like the bloodline all laid on top of him and the ref was blind and couldn't see all that and counted it out. Right. Mm-hmm. But on the grandest stage of all, they would have finished the story the way the fans and everybody wanted it done. But they didn't. And there's no, in my opinion, as a wrestling fan, as a WWE fan, and as a, like, there's no way they can fix it. It's done. You're never going to get that moment back. You you can no. never recreate it's... lightning in a bottle. If they get to SummerSlam That's like and telling you... the title, it's going to feel like a forced situation, just like when Roman didn't win the title the first time. Right. You know, this this is like this will be one of those moments like throwing Daniel building Daniel Bryan up for the Royal Rumble just to throw him out at number 15. Mm-hmm. You know, like here you got Bronson Reed and you got Dingleberry and Dingleberry too. <laughs> and like Bobby's being shown that he can't lift Bronson Reed like. Right. Yeah, pretty good boys. <laughs> I mean, and, and I don't have a problem with two, you know, big behemoths fighting each other. Let's be clear. This is just something that the build was last week. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up next week. That's it. Like the, the dumbest thing I've ever seen is how people can go in to say so and so wasn't ready or it's long, long form storytelling. And Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley is, we're gonna fight. That's it. I'm cool. gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> right. And you're punch me in the face. Like cool, I guess. Like whatever. For the record, oh. those that have said that Cody wasn't ready, let me just remind them that Cody 
among a few others, uh, is responsible for changing the way professional wrestling is right now. Just thought I'd put that out there. 1996, it was done when the NWO was made, when Howell and Nash got their release from WWE and became the guys that got guaranteed contracts for performers. Now we get to 2019, 2018, we're all in, where Dave Meltzer says, you can't sell out a stadium of 10,000 people, so they did it. And then they said, basically, you can't keep this routine going, and then they did it and made it so a whole lot of people that otherwise wouldn't have gotten a chance are now huge stars. So and Cody's road to WrestleMania was a very long one, and I don't know why anybody in WWE would have said yes to Triple H saying, yeah, Cody's not ready yet. I mean, like we said, and there you'll have the people to argue, well, he never held the title in AEW. By choice. Right. And see, people don't see that. And see, people don't see the fact that, you know, because when AEW started, you had your Kenny Omega, you had your Chris Jericho, you had your, your, you know, the Young Bucks. But then Cody was there. And Cody, I'll always say, Cody played ball with the company because Cody's like, what's best for the company? Mm-hmm. I will always say that putting Chris Jericho as the first world champion in AEW was the best move for the business because mm-hmm. it gave him instant cred. You know, where, yes, Kenny Omega has cred and Kenny Omega has the lineage, but on American soil with the American wrestling fan that doesn't always watch New Japan, Chris Jericho was your most logical choice. But Cody was like, well, we also need to make the undercard good. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. He's the one who brought prominence to the TNT title. You know, he told his story. So you and I are on the same path with this. It's like people that say Cody wasn't ready, no. The WWE wasn't ready. <laughs> well, I That's mean, even even, even Hall of Famers like Bully Ray was saying this was 100% the right way to go. And to that, I told – I even said it to him in a tweet. I'm like, Bully Ray, you know, you're just a contrarian, dude. You're just doing what every troll fan does, and that's just trying to get people mad. The reality is Cody should have won. And if we get to SummerSlam, if we get to SummerSlam and Cody wins the titles – Conrad Thompson asked this of Eric Bischoff back when yep. we talked about Starcade 97. If we get Cody at SummerSlam winning the title, why the fuck could we not have gotten that at Mania? The bigger stage. Bigger stage. But no, somehow that's hard times. Look, we're not in the 1980s. We are no longer in the age of syndicated television programs where – you get to watch Spotlight, All-American Wrestling, Superstars, Wrestling Challenge, and all of it pretty much recaps the same thing so you don't get new material, but maybe once every four months. We're in an age where it's 52 weeks a year. We get a new episode, new content. And damn, I'm wrong. 
they're putting him on to close out hour two. Probably smart because there's probably a lot of fans right now going, well, it's a Vince run show. I'm not watching this much longer. He'll end up challenging Brock. Yeah. At backlash. Hey, if if you come out, all you have to do is Cody's not ready. Just listen to what the way they reacted with his music. Oh, yeah. They played his entrance, by the way. They played his music. They let it repeat three times at Mania for the fans to do the sing-along. If that doesn't tell you, you know, you've got your top guy. And maybe Triple H saw that and said, this is what we get from this year. What happens if and we I'm sorry, whatever year? kid that is needs his head examined because somebody had a autographed picture of Cody. You know the ones you buy at the merch stands? Mm-hmm. But they turned it into a sign. They wrote on the back. Idiot. <laughs> Punk kid. It's like, <laughs> what parents like, yes, spend $30 on this, but write on it. <laughs> Listen, I'm happy that Cody Listen, is the focal point of WWE right now. I am. I am a Cody Rhodes fan. I've been that way since he first started. I'm not a fan of beating the holy shit out of somebody for months on end and expecting fans to go along for the ride. Now, granted, when they did it to Daniel Bryan, Brian Brian Danielson now, it did work the first time. It did work to get him to WrestleMania 30. It was a rough road, and there were a lot of times where we wanted to hop off. But it, it, it ultimately paid off. Then he gets his concussion, gets hurt, and he has his comeback for the following year. And what they try to do, recreate it. And what ultimately happened, he had to retire. And I feel like this year, this day and time, yes, it's only a couple of years, this day and time, wrestling fans, mm-hmm. they don't have wrestling fan. Today's wrestling fan is not going to sit here and do the slow burn with Cody till next WrestleMania. They're not going to do it. Right. Sure, it's possible that people are well, wrong, but I don't know. I love that. He's like, oh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> the same thing he did at AEW that night we were there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's going to be a tough road. That's my biggest thought process. It's going to be a very tough road to keep him at the top. I'm not saying Cody isn't capable. As a matter of fact, for those fans that are go, what, are you thinking Cody can't do it? No, I absolutely know Cody can't. But he has zero support. Triple H is supposed to be in control of content and creative. But Monday, last week, we got an absolute abysmal Raw. Tonight has, I don't know, I haven't seen all of it. I've seen pits and pieces. Um, And we've got the travel issues that they've been running into. So, yeah, there's that. But why? That's the question I have. Where are they at? They're in Seattle. Right. WWE, how many years has WWE traveled? Uh, a long, long time. Right. And it's not like back in the day when these guys traveled all over the place all week long. Mm-hmm. Most of your stars are coming in from home. 
So there are several changes that were made due to travel. Vince McMahon is not at Creative tonight, so Triple H is on the at Gorilla tonight, which probably explains why we had the tag match where it was. And I bet you Kevin Owens and Solo Sokoa will be pretty good. Um, I'm trying to pull up the report that I had because it, it did give us a little bit of clarity as to what happened with travel. Young. Oh, yeah. I learned today that Eric Young is under contract with WWE. Really? Yep. There isn't much report as to what he's doing, but uh, according to FightfulSelect.com, he's uh, under contract. Maybe he's Uncle Howdy. Oh, that'd be kind of interesting. Um... WWE employees they spoke to today were still in wait-and-see mode after Friday's SmackDown as Vince McMahon wasn't there. However, they were told Vince had plans to to be at the uh, Raw before or Raw after Mania before the Endeavor deal was announced. I still feel like Vince basically sold everybody a, a you know a, a bad batch just to keep himself in the, in the limelight and in conversation. What uh, did sell the company? Mm-hmm. Tell everybody we're gonna have. It's gonna be a different environment. It's gonna be a different environment. It's gonna be great. He sold the company and then he got himself a good job, good position with, like, because yeah, he needs the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's gonna be until. Vince is gone, if he ever is. It's going to be status quo because no one's going to want to change anything because Vince has a total control. You know? Triple H isn't going to want to change a whole lot because Vince. Vince, as soon as Triple H starts doing what he did the next heat, Triple H is going to, Vince is going to make now. I guess my concerns now is going to be, okay, Triple H apparently doesn't have faith in Cody to go the distance, or maybe he does and just figures he's going to have to drag fans along. If he goes to SummerSlam, my thought process, okay, yeah, let's say he wins at SummerSlam, which could be good. If he wins at SummerSlam, he's going to have that title, what, two months, three months, before they do the inevitable yanking of the rug out from under him? And who do they do it with? Eh, maybe Brock. <laughs> you know, at this point, who else are they going to mess with? Yeah, because Goldberg wasn't there. Yeah. That made much, so much sense. Brock coming out and teaming with him and then beating him down. That made mm-hmm. zero sense. <sighs> it's exhausting to me. It's, it would have made more. It would have made more sense having Sami Zayn come out, team with him, and then turn on him. Mm-hmm. Boy, if that had happened, I'd have been even madder. <laughs> no. now, I'm I will glad say, that I calmed it, down, but God, I was pissed. I'm going to tell you something that's funny, and you're going to laugh at me. Okay? I didn't get right away when he said he's the American Nightmare. I didn't get, like, it wasn't until, like, about a little, a couple months later, after listening to his name, I'm going, "Oh, I get it." 
I get it now. Yeah. Because I just didn't put two and two. I'm like, you know. But you know why they had to do this with him? You know why they had to use those logos? Because he's got a tattooed on his neck. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that we get Cody Rhodes' full presentation and not just a piece of it. You know what I mean? Like, that was a good thing. When they brought him in, I was afraid, okay, well, we're not going to – they won't call him Cody Rhodes, or they'll change him from the American Nightmare to something else. Or I'm glad to see that they let him keep his entirety, keep his music and everything. I mean, I'm glad they brought him in and let him do what he does. Um. If I was him, I'd be a little afraid the fact that during WrestleMania week they unveiled a new Mattel Stardust figure. <laughs> yeah, that would make me a little nervous. I mean, like, I told Stan and I told the guys, like, after they like they unveiled the new figures, I said, Cody must have it in his contract that he's like, all right, I have to have, within the first quarter, at least five figures from Mattel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, he had he he must have had that in his AEW deal because God, every single set that came out, we had another Cody figure. That's what I'm saying. Because I've never like like I've never seen them bring out a figure, an elite figure on an injury, and they are bringing out a Cody figure based on his torn pec. Which, you know, was just as gross to look at on an action figure, by the way, as it was to watch when he fought with it at Hell in the Cell. Right. It's like nobody else got a, you know, Triple H never got a torn quad or whatever. (laughs) Comes with complimentary soft bandage to wrap around his quad. Yeah, they never brought out a Sid Justice broken ankle. Oh, my God. Ew. Ew, that's so nasty. But maybe they did bring maybe Dante out Martin crushing action. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Dante Martin gets the uh, the broken leg thing. Maybe that's oh. the gimmick they give him. Poor guy. I feel so bad for him. And for fans that uh, have have talked about it, it, it was a dumb spot in some regard, but there's no way they could have known he was going to land like that. When they discuss that spot, you know, he's planning on landing through those tables and just selling. He's not planning on breaking his leg or landing on his feet or anything like that. That's just a freak incident. You can't blame Pentagon Jr. or anybody else. It was a gross, gross damn leg break, though. Very gross. News wasn't all bad after Mania, though. We did get we did get a couple things. Um, one, just to keep it in the WWE realm, and then two, to head over to AEW. We are going to get another draft. As of this past Friday, Triple H announced that all superstars were eligible for the draft, and it was going to, quote-unquote, change the game. So maybe we get some creativity out of this draft. I'm not always supremely confident that the draft will do something good, but I don't know. What do you think, Rob? Can the draft resolve any of this uh, uncertainty that we have out of Mania? Nope. Yeah. I think the draft is a way of 
it's their way of saying, hey, we're going to help. Um, we're going to give fans this false sense of, you know, we're going to going to help each other. Right. Because mm-hmm. I remember the first couple drafts they had and we're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be great. And then it was. All right. The titles will never change hands or, you know, like the whole. Who was it? Was it the Street Profits and so what? So was it New Day and Street Profits that just handed the belts to each other? Mm-hmm. You know, like and then I saw the, the report that they've said that now it's come out that the Street Profits will be broken up as it with the draft. Um, now. If they did it truly like a draft, like. Once the draft starts, all belts are vacated and we have like a true like reset. Mm-hmm. That would be good. That would be fun. I mean, even if it said like, all right, we're going to have a reset of SmackDown and, ta- and Raw tag team titles and the Usos end up going to SmackDown and getting the tag team titles. OK, woohoo. You're the 56 time world tag team champions. Right. You know? But at least we had a moment of like, ooh, you know. Well, I, when it comes to the draft, I don't even necessarily have to have the titles reset. Just distinct them, set them distinctly apart from each other. Have Raw tag titles, have SmackDown tag titles. Have Raw Women's Championship and a SmackDown Women's Championship. You know, have the Universal title and the Raw World title, or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like, have them separate. Roman right. shouldn't have both titles. Yes, Roman is their number one guy. I get it. I'm not a fan, personally. I mean, the Bloodline storyline was extremely compelling, so don't misunderstand. It was a great story, but it should have been over by now. Because uh, for all the fans that are tired of Roman like three years ago, Cody wasn't wrong. It took almost eight years for Roman to finally take off. And the only reason that happened was because it was the bloodline surrounding. I mean, literally, you put Paul Heyman, the Usos, and Solo Sokoa in the mix with him. You built a crew for him. Now, Roman did improve, so I'll give you that. He, he is deserving of where he is right now as far as his spot, quote-unquote. But mixing the titles again was a stupid move. Because if you're a fan right now and you're tired of Roman and you decide not to watch, <laughs> I'm not going to watch when Roman's on. Well, Roman's got both titles, so Raw and SmackDown are now out for you. What, are you going to watch NXT? No. That show is horrible. The one guy that was like the spotlight of that for the longest time was Braun Breaker, and they turned him heel. Not that Carmelo Hayes is bad. Carmelo is actually pretty good. But not very many people are aware of it because NXT is, generally speaking, just awful. So who's right. going to watch that? So you got two titles on Roman. Everybody else you can kind of separate. Like Gunther, Gunther, however you want to pronounce it, with the Intercontinental title, I kind of dig that run. His match with Drew and Sheamus was great. Austin Theory is U.S. champion. I could really do without Austin Theory. Like, I don't need to see him on my TV anymore. 
But as it stands right now, he's your U.S. champion. So if we have a feud with him and Matt Riddle, or if we have a feud with him and Rey Mysterio, whatever the case may be, at least it's something different. Well, and I think it goes back to, like, if you were going to have, when, when Roman won and beat the entire universe, then they should have combined the belts. Right. No. One title, like, period. Not two right. belts. Like, when... Was it Chris Jericho that was one of the first ones to carry both the world title and the WWE mm-hmm. title? Mm-hmm. But eventually, guess what? He lost both titles. Like, he, he, he had to give up one. Yeah. You know, I mean... Same thing with the, you know, like I was waiting. I was legit waiting for Solo to win the IC belt and the the inter, the world, the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why not just F it all up? You know? There was even a rumor at some point that Naomi was going to come back and be part of the bloodline. You know, then she could have all the, the, the women's titles. Mm-hmm. Like, would it have made it almost better if that had happened? I mean, it would have been something. To me, what would have made it a little bit different is if Roman would have actually won the belts Mm -hmm. and at least had some title defenses that were legit, he won. But it was all the same script. Right. You know, like for years, he always had these matches where it was. He gets his ass beat for the entire match. And then all of a sudden, right, at the, like, like his Brock matches, you know, Brock F5s him 15 times. And all of a sudden. He does Superman punch and wins. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just bullshit. And then when he was building this bloodline gimmick, yeah, I thought the bloodline was good. Him being the head, you know, like aligning all the Samoans, you know, like that's funny. It's good. But as I've said several times on this show, even Ric Flair lost. Mm-hmm. You know, like even Ric Flair took the W or the, the L every now and then. Sorry, watching them spend time on Alpha Academy just as like, again, we're wasting all this energy and natural resources. Um, you know who should be pissed is who he tagged with in Heavy Machinery. Oh, Tucker? <laughs> yeah, because they broke him up because they're like, no tag team. And then they put him right with this guy. But, <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm just... I'm over it. You know, like what they really need to do now that the like right here, Jimmy and Jay lost the belts. Give them time off. Mm-hmm. Let them go home. Keep them off TV. Do appearances, whatever. Like we don't need to see the bloodline right now. But here we have, we have, you know, they lost the belts and now they're fighting these guys for what reason? 
Well, thank you, Vince. You know? Right. But I think a lot of ways it's, it really comes back to the bloodline is now such a integrated part of your program. Taking them off TV, now you've got a gap to fill. And yeah, sure, you I mean you can put more talents up there, no problem. But you're gonna have to build them up and get in there. So there's that. In my opinion, they're afraid to do that because now you've got quote unquote unproven commodities versus proven commodities. And I'll give it. Well, you to realize them. the Usos are a proven commodity. Right, but you realize they've had the Usos wrestle now two weeks in a row. And they've wrestled more as a tag team that since they've lost the belts than they did when they had them. That is weird, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, it is definitely weird. It's like, now that you don't have the belts, we're just going to have you work, actually, instead of just coming out, standing there, mean-mugging everybody with the belts. Well, and in this case, if they were to build to a rematch with them and Kevin, and Owen, Kevin Owens and Sammy, then at least you could say, well, they had to work their way back up and they got a shot. At least it then makes sense. Ugh, I just rationalized it. That makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> <sighs> so, other good news that came out of this, this past week. Um, over to the AEW side, AEW announced they're going to Wembley Stadium for All In 2. First off, going to London isn't necessarily the big news. Going to Wembley Stadium, though? That is huge, and it is a huge risk. Rob, how many thousand fans did WWE draw SummerSlam of 92? I don't know. It was close to 80,000 fans at Wembley Stadium. In Wembley? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like... To me, Wembley Stadium is, like, when you play... When you play London, mm -hmm. you play Wembley Stadium. Right. You know, it's just like if you go to Australia, you want to play at the Opry House. You know, if you go to New York, you want to be in the garden. You know, it's just like you don't want to be down the street in, you know, Long and Foster Arena or whatever the hell they call it. Um you want to be at the ones that are landmarks. And for them to put their eggs and say, you know what, not only are we going international, but we're going to go to, we're going to go to the biggest arena we can think of right now mm -hmm. outside. Cause you would think when they'd go international, they would immediately go to Japan. But I think that's also smart business because of the fact that they have a working relationship with new Japan and why do you need to go when you're already there? Right. So, I mean, AEW has proven in a lot of different ways they can work big arenas. And they've sold out multiple big arenas. But they've also, in the past year and a half, focused on the, I don't want to say small arena, mid-size, I guess, mid-market, 3,000 to 5,000 max, which isn't necessarily a bad idea. They've had a lot of great ticket sales for a lot of their shows. They've also had a few shows that didn't sell that well. Now, WWE in 1992, was SummerSlam was over 80,000 fans, like 80,100, somewhere in that market, somewhere in that neighborhood. If AEW doesn't sell out Wembley, now granted, I'm not going to say 
doesn't sell well, but if they don't sell out, is this considered a failure for AEW? No. Because you think about some of the weird places WWE's gone in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Most of them are bought shows. Right. You know, like nobody cares if he sells out Saudi Arabia because the man's already paid for it. Right. You know, and half the world's like, you shouldn't be there in the first place. But, um, you know, like, so, um, you're going to have your people that are going to say instantly, well, if they don't sell out, then it's not successful. Well, I think it's also very, it's very smart business for them to play the small arenas. Because guess what? WWE's not playing that. You know, WWE's playing where they play all the time. They go into the same arenas they're going to. I mean, I saw AEW's come into a small arena where I used to live. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that'd be that's cool. I mean, so play where you know your audience is and you're it for a company that's trying to go out and say, All right, we're gonna start traveling a little bit. It makes a lot more sense for them to play arenas like that mm-hmm. than, all right, we're going to travel a little bit. So we're going to do a show at the Smoothie King next door to the, the Superdome. Right, right. You know, like, no, <laughs> no. You know, they're going to be like, all right, we're going to go to the markets, one that WWE doesn't go to. Because Think about it. Where we saw AEW, if WWE comes to DC, they play the Verizon Center. Because mm-hmm. we used to always go see WCW at Patriot Center. Mm-hmm. We used to see it at um, Richmond, Richmond Coliseum. Richmond. We would see WWE at U Hall, John Paul Jones, um, DC. Mm-hmm. The only time WCW would go to DC was Starcade. Yep. And they kept, you know, you, you kept where your, your, your business is. So, I mean, yes, let's go to Wembley. Okay. I mean, you're in London. Why wouldn't you go to Wembley? You know, like, right. Right. I mean, that's like playing any other city and be like, oh yeah, we're not going to go there. We're going to go adjacent. The way wow. I feel about All In in London is if these guys can sell 50,000 seats, that's an absolute win. That is a huge victory and milestone for them. Because that's the most... If the uh, NFL can... If the, arenas, yes, so far. Right. If the NFL can play Wembley and sell out, sell a whole lot of seats in a sport that they don't even play over there, mm-hmm. Europe on wrestling, people will come in to pay for, because it's wrestling. Right. You now, know, wrestling is big. If they only draw 10,000 in London, okay, then I could see why parents, or not parents, but people would question that and say, hmm, that's not good. Right. Uh, you know, and it's all on how, again, like, it's, it's, it's also going to be how it's presented. You know, mm-hmm. 
because we've all been at wrestling events that have been in arenas that were like, ooh, this shit is empty. Right, right. You know? But they make it work and they make it do. And so, but what I also like about them being in Wembley or just going, they're going for one of their big pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. They're going to a pay-per-view, they're going for a pay-per-view that's already built its cred, its history. They're not going over there for Clash at the Castle. Right. Or whatever. They're going, because the reason I think WWE did well at SummerSlam 92 is because it was a, it was one of their shows. It was one of their benchmarks, you know? It wasn't Backlash or the Coronation or any, it was just, so I think it's also smart that they're doing it as established pay-per-view and not, oh, let's add another show and let's just do something over there. Yeah. That's what WWE's doing with Backlash in Puerto Rico. And I think Backlash will probably be a huge hit. I think they'll do really well with that because, one, you got Bad Bunny, who's, I mean, he's a worldwide sensation. He's going to sell tickets. People will pay to see him just to be there. Um, and, and I don't even listen to his music. I, I just recognize the fact that the man is a draw wherever he goes. So you have an opportunity there. I feel like AEW has and, and are very under-the-radar-esque building on a story that could really pay off really nicely in London. This build of the Blackpool Combat Club against the Elite is really interesting. And we could honestly, if we could see that pay off in London, ooh, that could be huge. And with all this growing talk about, you know, Tony making more and more moves, maybe, maybe we get a couple of returns. Maybe we get some surprise signings. Who knows? But I have more positivity about all of that. Hell, I've even got more positivity about CM Punk coming back than I would have about a post-WWE WrestleMania. <laughs> a post-WrestleMania WWE. <laughs> mm-hmm. The damn shame. Burn in hell, WWE. <laughs> mm. Can't sleep, WWE hurt me, no. <laughs> I feel better this time than I did a few weeks ago, but yeah, I was I was furious. And I get it, man. There's a lot of fans out there that maybe wouldn't have said or maybe wouldn't have reacted as as I did. You know, some of them were just saying, ah, it's just a show. I get it. I get it. I hear you. You're probably right. But think of it like this. Like, I, I just, I'm in the process of moving, right? I've had a lot of stuff going on and, you know, um, a lot of that's some personal private stuff, but the one thing I can tell you is that valuing your mental health and taking appropriate steps to take care of yourself is a big deal. So imagine you're going through all of this stuff, stuff that just kind of put you down in the mud, so to speak. And the one thing you're looking forward to is what you consider a slam dunk, right? They're not going to screw up something as easy as this. This is an easy, happy ending storyline. Easy. And then you watch what happened at, at night two of WrestleMania. Because after night one, you're like, oh, pfft, they're going to nail this. 
you know, seeing Sammy and KO win the titles, you're like, oh, man, tomorrow night's going to be awesome. That's how, that's how I felt. Like, I watched it Saturday night ends. I'm like, dude, can't wait for tomorrow. That's going to be cool. But they proved us wrong. So coming from that, you know, kind of going into that with the mindset of this is the thing I'm looking forward to. Stuff around me. You know, my kids are great, so don't worry for, for those listening. They're fine. They're doing good. But everything else around me outside of that has just been up and down. And it's been very uh, tenuous, put it like that. Strenuous, even better. So to come into it, and, and people get like this for everything, right? So you go to a football game, like you go to see the the Redskins, now known as the Commanders play, or you go to see – we've had it happen. How many different pay-per-views, Rob, did we watch where we were expecting something cool to happen, like Halloween Havoc, remember, 96, where Savage and Hogan – Oh, yeah. And we're all so, I mean, so pissed. Every sport, every sport has something. Right. You know? Every sport, like, as you said, like, if you like a football team and your football team signs a player and you're like, oh, this is going to be the year, and then they come out and they lose two games, everybody and their brother's like, oh, nope, told you, they still suck. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. Are we pissed at WWE? Yes. Are we going to still pay attention to it? Yes. Are we still going to get excited about some angles? Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. You know? It's the same way of Daniel Bryan versus MJF. Right. You know, we paid attention. We were hoping and praying that M- that Daniel Bryan was going to beat MJF. Did he? Nope. Were we pissed? Yes. Did we get over it? Yes. You know, it's just like when, you know, when all the Marvel movies started. What was the one thing everybody asked about Marvel movies? What's the end scenes? Mm-hmm. What's the end scenes? Nobody gives a shit about the movie. What's, What's the, the cut scenes? scenes? Yeah, yeah. Right. And Game so <laughs> everybody's going to have their thing. Like, everybody's going to be pissed. Are there people that are pissed that the DC Universe is going to recast Superman yes. and Wonder Woman? Yes. Entirely. Because I feel like those two people are some of the best casting they've had. Oh, yeah. But will we watch whatever they do? Probably. Yeah. You know? I mean, hell, look. Their Flash movie's coming out. I'm still going to watch it. And that dude has broken to how many houses? He's a psychopath. He that is man's nutsy cuckoo. Nut. But, yeah. but the movie's supposedly going to be great. Yeah, because it's got Michael Keaton in it as Batman. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait for that. At the end of the day, it really comes back to, you know, when you have a fandom that you're strongly in, and it doesn't matter what it is, comic books, sports, TV show, movies, professional wrestling, man, you're all in. And that's how you are. And at the end of the day, you're going to have your opinions, you're going to have your emotions, you're going to have all of those things. And yeah, there's going to be times where you're so sucked in that things fade to the background. And no, that's not always a good thing. But it happens, nonetheless. Rob made a good point. You know, we're going to end up seeing WWE still. I'm not spending any money on WWE. 
And that's going to be a good while before I make that decision ever again. Because I do feel like as many times as we've seen this kind of a storyline set up, the last thing I want to do is actually pay for tickets, go and get to that moment, and then be that let down. I would feel like I had just thrown my money in the toilet. I couldn't look myself in the eye after that. I would like, no, I would never do that again. I don't know how you feel, Rob, but I still don't think I could ever feel comfortable like that. I mean, my thing is when it comes to something like WrestleMania, mm-hmm. would I pay to go see WrestleMania? I would go not because of where it is. I would go for what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the Super Bowl. Right. If the Super Bowl was nearby, or like even when Super Bowl was in New Orleans, right? I actually had the thought, because where we lived at the time, you could go to the local airport and for 50 bucks get trips to New York, New Orleans, like trick, like plane tickets. And I had thought about taking my son down there just to do all the hubbub that went with the Super Bowl. Yeah. Not go to the game, because... Ain't nobody got a kidney to donate. <laughs> um, but then it's like, you thought, you know, I thought about it and I'm like, it's only because it's the allure, the pageantry, you know? But you think of WrestleMania in a stadium like that. Mm-hmm. Seats you can afford, you ain't going to see shit. Because what you normally look at a football field, you have 100 yards, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're taking your 100 yards and putting it in 10 feet or 30 feet of a ring. Mm-hmm. You know? That's cutting down on your visual. So you got to have good ring, you know? And none of us got money to thousands of dollars for ringside seats. So, yeah, I'm with you. I will take, will I watch WWE pay-per-views every once in a while? Why? Because they're on Peacock, and I get Peacock free with the cable. Right. Same here. Do I, do I pay for them? No. Yeah. AEW, will I watch AEW pay-per-views? Yes. Why? Because there's good wrestling, good storytelling, and Brian pays for most of them. And, uh, hey, I don't, I don't usually mind paying for pay-per-views either from AEW, because I feel like even if I don't like the way a match ended, Typically, generally, the matches are good. Like, there's a few stinkers here and there, but it's pretty rare, actually, that there's been a bad AEW match. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the Danielson-MJF Iron Man match was kind of a kick in the balls, but at least we all kind of knew how it was going to go. Like, I think when we last talked about it, we all kind of knew, from a prediction standpoint, we all kind of saw how it was most likely going to play out. And that was okay. Now, it wasn't the the greatest of finishes. I I still think we could have seen it better. But at least we kind of knew what we were in for. And, and yeah, look, there's going to be fans, and I know there's certain fans that listen to this show that are like, Jesus, Stan is just holding on way too hard. Yeah, maybe. But I recognize that. And I don't, don't ever mistake the fact that I am this animated and emotional about it for being a sucker. No, I know exactly what I get into when I'm a pro- professional wrestling fan. You know, you're you're down for the ride. Good, bad, and or the difference is, yeah. 
differences. People will say, oh, well, Stan's been a whole show talking about this. Guess what? It's our damn show. We can talk about whatever we want. And you spent a whole damn <laughs> show listening to me talk about it. So. Trust me, I, I follow like Fightful.com and the PW Insider. I look at all the dirt sheets and stuff. I read the rumors and I do that. I do because it's, you know, when you're in a fandom, you want to know all about it. But at the end of the day, it just comes with the book. It comes with the territory. It, it comes with being invested in anything. I know baseball fans that are agonizing about how, how the Orioles do. Right. There are people. Think about it. Will people, wrestling fans, still buy WWE things? Yes. Why? Because there are sports teams out here who have not done anything in decades. And as a Commanders fan, I'm a Redskin fan by, and so as in happenstance, I'm a Commanders fan. My team has not done diddly dick. <laughs> for almost two decades, with except, exception of a couple <laughs> post-season appearances. But I'm still going to get excited at football season. I'm still going to watch the games. And I'm still going to buy the hats, you know, because that's who I am. I'm a NASCAR fan. I have bought, bought T-shirts and hats of drivers that couldn't find victory lane if it was the size of a football field and they were the only one on the track. <laughs> still blowing But I'm still going to support them. Up. I'm still going to watch because that's who yeah. I am. Yeah. You know, there's going to be people, you know, that are going to watch wrestling. There's Because guess what? There's a reason that Fox and USA are going to pay money to keep the programs or have or got the programs. There's a reason Endeavor shelled out the money. The businessmen don't shell out the money unless they see a return in their investment. And they're, they're, they're expecting to see a return in their investment. Now, are we all hopeful that they see that fact that, you know, things need to change? Oh, yeah, let's do it. But. Maybe one day when all three of us are able to sit down and have a conversation. Maybe one day we'll do like an NFL episode. Nope. You don't think we could do that without without it going in into a, a bad spot? I think we could as long as there's not a current game on. Well, that's true. That's fair. Like maybe a, a draft episode or something. I don't know. For the people that haven't been keeping up, we have two rules. We have, we have, we don't have many rules when it comes to our show. Mm-hmm. But two things we don't talk about is we don't talk about football and we don't talk about politics. Right. We don't talk about football because of a game of a show that was after a game <laughs> where Stan's team played my team. And my team also happens to be Brian's team. And they and my team lost. And Stan doing what most people would do, bragging about his team winning, is not what you do when two of the other triple threat just lost well in my defense when i did brag it wasn't about my team so much as i was identifying another team in your division that was quite good but i made the mistake of of trying to 
to corner Brian and tell him that he had to admit that they were good. And that was when it all went south. (laughs) So that's an example of Stan thinking that, yeah, Stan thought, and that's the problem. Um, (laughs) But we stay away from it because of not, not of any reason or anything. We just stay, you know, like if you watch our show, you listen to our show, we talk about board games. We talk about, comic books we talk about movies we talk about legos we talk about everything why mm-hmm. because we can right and we talk about stuff that people want to talk about and if there's nothing to talk about in the world of wrestling which if wrestlemania night two hadn't been a royal clusterfuck we wouldn't have anything to talk about we'd be talking about yay cody's awesome and it was great you know what? That's a good point. God, it's going to hurt me to say this, but had Cody won, would we have been bored this week? Probably. We'd have been like, oh, look, WWE got bought out. One billionaire sold out to another billionaire. Mm-hmm. Whoopie-doo. Ew. Does that mean that Cody losing was actually a good thing? You know? Ew, gross. I feel dirty. What's even worse is the fact that I, for the first time, have an All Elite crate in my hands. Ah, yes. Have you opened it yet? And, and I could do spoilers, but I have yet to touch it. Wait a minute. You haven't like, I've yet to open it. You've had it all day. I, I When I got home from work, when I got home this afternoon, it was here. And I was like, ooh, it's here. And I have yet to open it. I mean, you got to open it on the show. That's Brian's thing, though. That's Brian's thing. Again, we got to know our roles. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Not going to give you a hard time. I'm going to let you respect it. And, and I, I actually, I think that's very nice of you. But Brian was going to tell me what was in it because I was like, what's in the box? But I didn't want him to spoil it for you. So, so when are you going to open it? Well, I feel like I have to open it because you bought it. I just won't tell you all what's in it. Okay. Because okay. if I don't open it, I'm going to be at work tomorrow, and then Brian's going to be like, "Oh, look, I opened it," and then I'm going to be like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> look what I got!" The other side of this card contains the spoilers for this crate. Okay. I will say the autograph is one I don't have, so that's cool. Very cool. Um, damn it. I will say the t-shirts are neat. Um, there's one I might wear. Might. Oh, so it's not a Redeem These Nuts t-shirt? <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd have been funny. Um, yeah. Overall, great. But again, I'm not going to talk about it because that's Brian's thing. Well, I guess that just means we'll have to uh, 
tune in next time for your opportunity to take a look at the All Elite Crate. We'll be picking Brian's brain next week when we reconvene. Well, I will say this, that I want to apologize to all the crate people because I feel like when I got into the WWE Slam crate is when they started getting all stupid. And so I hope me getting into this crate, I've been excited about getting involved with it. I've been hoping about it. I just hope it doesn't turn out to be, you know. Okay. So, yeah. Well, all righty then. Autograph's good. Thank you, One Hour Tees. Thank you, AEW, for the crate. I mean, why am I thinking, y'all, I bought the damn thing. I was going to say, what are they, sponsors? (laughs) That'd be sweet. That would be really sweet. If a guy like me who likes t-shirts is sponsored by a t-shirt company, hell to the yeah. (laughs) Well, listen, that's going to do it for us for this week. I want to thank everybody for tuning back in and, and getting back into the swing of things. Um we are going to continue to work on uh, staying as consistent as possible, but as I am still in transition between properties, um, maybe a little bit of delay here and there, but it should be pretty minimal. Um, but if it happens, we'll, of course, put it on the website, put it on social media. You can catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter. Catch up with Rob at Rob Hefner C2C. Catch up with me at Stan Grubb. Uh, Brian can be caught up with at Vlad Dragol C2C. That's V-L-A-D-D-R-A-G-O-O-L. C2C. And, uh, blah, hey, blah, blah. That's right. He don't not say blah, blah, blah. That's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, have a great week, everybody. Bye.